Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the 44th episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Swanson, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Here on the Boy Mom Podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this often crazy world. And speaking of crazy world, we are diving into it deep today. And because of that, if you have little ears near you, you might want to save this episode for another time or put your earbuds in. Because though I'm going to be talking about something I want you to talk to your kids about, I think this episode is best for just adult ears. Today, we're going to be talking about the crazy world of boys and the internet. And we're not going to be talking about gaming or social media, though those are both things I'd like to talk about in another episode. We're going to be talking about pornography, especially the dangers of internet pornography. You guys, I have a legit fear of my boys getting tangled up in pornography, and I know from hearing from a whole lot of you that many of you do too, and for good reason. It is something very worthy of our time and concern, and if you don't know the statistics, I hope that you will get your hands on them, and it is a huge wake-up call, something that we as parents just need to be aware of and need to be on our game. Now, I've written a few blog posts over the years, so if you've been around my blog for a while, you know this is something I'm super passionate about. And I will link in show notes to a couple articles I've written as well. So I'll be sharing some statistics in our show notes. So make sure to hop over to monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 44. And you can get your hands on all of that. But it is something worthy of our time and attention. Absolutely. And today I am so grateful to have a guest on with me, Kristen Jensen. Kristen is someone I've admired for years, ever since I got my hands on her book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And I think my oldest son was just a younger teenager when the book came out. And it was such an incredibly helpful resource for me. It just opened up the topic of pornography with our kids in a way that I honestly had no idea how to approach this. I mean, talking about sex, alone is challenging enough with our kids, but to talk about pornography can be next level awkward. And so I have been so grateful for this resource. Now she has Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior. And I'm just really thankful. She's done years of research. She's an expert. She speaks on this topic all over the world. So I'm really grateful that she would give us some time today. And I want to make sure you know that if you don't have the book, we're going to get really practical today. You can take some notes. I'm also going to jot notes in the show notes so that you can, anything we talk about hop over there and get your hands on those notes. I think you're going to want to get her book, but if you don't have it, she gets really practical today. She shares, for example, the three things kids need before they're on the internet. Just three simple steps that we should take with our kids before they're ever on the internet. Um, super important, super simple, but super helpful. She's also going to share what she calls the can-do plan, and that is what is in her book. It's the steps that we can teach our kids what to do when they see an image that they know that they shouldn't be seeing. And I say when, not if, because all of our kids are going to see things. They're most likely, almost for sure, going to see some form of internet pornography. In fact, the most recent statistic I read was that um, between ages of 8 and 16, over 90% of kids will report that they've seen internet pornography. But even if they're the lucky tiny percentage that doesn't, they're going to see images somewhere on a billboard, TV, movies, or if you live near a beach like I do, just down the street at the beach. And boys are visual. God wired them that way. They have a sex drive and that is all healthy and normal. But we need to teach them what to do when they see something because if you, like me, know anyone who has um, a family or a couple whose marriage has been destroyed because of pornography addiction, 
you know that this is incredibly dangerous. Men who struggle with pornography addiction will tell you almost always it started young and they probably didn't go looking for it. Most often it's something they stumbled upon um, many times before the internet, but now that there's the internet, it is just so easy to stumble upon, whether it's through a friend or just an internet search. And once they see it, their little minds want to go back to it and back to it and it can form an addiction so easily. We're going to talk about all that today. Kristen is an expert on that stuff. But the important thing to know is that these kids today, if they aren't taught, if they are not equipped, if we don't prepare them for these images, for what to do when they see them, they don't know. And they can easily develop an addiction without us even being aware that it's happening in another room, on the school bus, um, you know, anywhere. So I hope that today's conversation will get you just really excited about this topic, about sharing it, about talking about it, about um, preparing your kids. It just, I couldn't stress it anymore. So um, again, lots of information and links over in show notes, of course, links to the book and where you can follow Kristen. Her website has tons of free articles, really helpful, really encouraging, really informative articles, um, lots of links to uh, computer filters and all different things. So be sure to look at show notes, but um, Kristen's going to share a whole bunch of information, kind of how she started this book and why she does what she does. A lot of really interesting stories. I think you're going to get a ton out of this conversation. Please do share it with your friends. It's such an important one. And without further ado, I'll quit talking and let you listen in as Kristen Jensen and I talk about protecting young minds online. I hope you enjoy. Well, hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you, Monica. Thank you so much. Well, this has been a dream of mine for a long time to get to actually talk to you. So before I dive in, I just want to thank you so much for how you have influenced and impacted my family's life and so many others in the work that you do. So just so thrilled to have you on. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. You bet. So I want to make sure my listeners are familiar with you. So before I dive into all of my questions, do you mind telling everybody a little about yourself? Sure. Well, I am... Married for a long time, uh, <laughs> and I have three children, two girls and a boy, mm-hmm. um, but my boy had a very um, bad, like, near-drowning accident when he was young, mm. and so, um, and then I took care of him, um, and years later, he passed on as mm. a result. Uh, wow. He taught us a lot while he was here. Mm. And um, I thoroughly believe I will see him again someday. Yes. yes. But um, he was a beautiful boy, and mm-hmm. I'm grateful that he was part of our that he is part of our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, my two daughters, one is married and has just had her second little boy, so mm-hmm. we've got two little grandsons. Wow. Um, and they are, I mean, the two year old is is all boy. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's. He's adorable and he's sweet, but he is, he's busy. All boy. Um, (laughs) And um, then my other daughter is a scientist. She's a biochemist Mm. at a nearby national laboratory. Wow. And so some of the things she does, she can't even tell us about. (laughs) Wow. Top Top secret. secret. Anyway, she's really uh, wonderful, got a wonderful career and that's exciting too. So, I feel very blessed that I get to talk to um, parents and moms um, of boys today with you. I'm grateful that I was led to do the work I do. And um, Monica, do you want me to just share, like, how did a nice girl like me get started, you know, talking about pornography all the time? I would love to hear that. (laughs) I'm very curious. Yeah. So, um I never planned to do this. So you know how life takes twists and turns, and this yes. definitely was one of them for me. I moved to a new city with my husband, a job change, and I met this woman, mother of a large family. She called me up one night and told me this very sad story about how her 17-year-old son had been um, sexually molesting his younger brothers and sisters. And the trauma, you know, that it had caused and all the fallout, counseling, he had to go away and be in a program. Luckily, he was 17 and not 18. 
I'll say, yes. you know, he would have gone sure. to jail. He was able yes. to get to a program here in our state. Um, so oh my in any case, I woke up the next morning thinking, you know, oh, my gosh, like young children need to be warned about pornography. And who's going to, how's, you know, so I looked for a resource, couldn't find a book, thought there would be a dozen that I could choose from because I was just going to buy a book for her, sure. right? Right. But I uh, couldn't find the book. And then uh-huh. in my naivete, <laughs> yes. I thought, well, I'll just write it, right? <laughs> just like that. What could be so hard, right? So I wow. started doing some research and, and I kept thinking, yes, there's a lot of brain science behind pornography addiction and, you know, how it changes the brain. But this can be boiled down and simplified for children. Kids are smarter than we think. Yes, they we are. Don't always give them credit for how yes. smart they are and how much they can understand. So I started writing and I thought it would take a couple of weeks during the summer and it took three years. Yeah. So. I, I relate to that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. You're you're an author as well, so you know. Right. Oh, um, my goodness. So that was the beginning, and I wrote Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. Became an instant bestseller on Amazon, yes. which mm-hmm. I was shocked, but uh, has been ever since. And then we wrote another um, book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. Um, I say we, me and my illustrator, and right. um, and that came out. Gosh, like three years ago, yeah. three years, and that's been a bestseller on Amazon as well. Oh. And so, it's just been a huge blessing. And then all the work I've done with ProtectYoungMinds.org, which mm-hmm. is a Canyon website. Yes. Um, so, oh. it's a wonderful uh, cause because I'll tell you, some of the best people I've met have been people that are fighting this very dark. Uh, mm influence and Mm -hmm. also people that have escaped it people that have been involved in pornography and gotten away from it these are some of the best people I've met yes so um I love that yeah well and and I think that's one of the misconceptions is we especially for kids you know I think I used to think that maybe it was it was the naughty kids it was the bad kids that are going looking for trouble and when in reality, that I don't think is the case. I'm sure you would agree that pornography goes looking for our kids. They don't necessarily need to go looking for it. No, the, most kids uh, don't go looking for it. They right. only maybe hear from it from another child or um, in other ways because it's predatory. It's yes. coming after them. They, they, they purposely, you know, are recruiting sure. children. Uh, you know, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. What I've heard, I believe that they they're doing that. No, it's really sad. It Sorry. is really sad. Well, I'm so glad that much as I hate the story of your friend, I hope that her story turned out better. But to see that you were able to respond and make this happen is just such a way to turn such a rough thing into something beautiful that's blessed so many other people. And um, and so let's just kind of dive in now and talk. I'm such a fan of your books. I've I actually I think my oldest son was um, an early teen when I first found your book. And so I know there's different ways you can use your books. But I sat down with my younger boys and read out loud the whole book to them. And then my older son I'm trying to remember if I read it to him or if I had him read it himself. And then we sat down, but we talked through it. And uh, it it was such a gift because it, this is just a topic that's uncomfortable. I mean, there's no way about it. I say that in any family, when moms ask, you know, who should have the talk, you know, the sex talk with their kids. And I, a lot of moms want their husbands to do it, the dad to do it. and And I get that. But I always say, Whoever is the most comfortable talking should do the talking. That's that's my theory. Yeah. And so that's usually me. I'm the communicator. So I've talked to my sons about, you know, from the time they're young, trying to do, you know, name the body parts appropriately and just, you know, be really straightforward and bring up topics often, not just once, but continue to have the talks, I say, not just one talk. Right. But then when it comes to pornography, this is just a topic that is awkward, like, I I would not know how to bring it up. And this book is such a tool. It just opens that door so that once you've gone through the book, it's like now it's an open conversation, right? Now we can revisit 
So it it has been a game changer for my family. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's why I wrote it, because I could see that, first of all, this is a very uncomfortable topic, Mm -hmm. dark topic, Mm -hmm. um, and parents just don't know even where to begin, like how to begin the conversation, what to even say, Mm -hmm. what if I make my kid more curious. Totally. You really can't more than the world is already making exactly. your kids curious. Yes. But um, parents have this fear, right? This fear that, oh, my gosh, especially mothers. Oh, you know, what if I make them go to look for porn? Yes. And then the guilt, you know, the guilt, the guilt starts, and we're very good at being guilty. So mm-hmm. I think that um, what you're doing, though, is you're arming children to live in the real world, the world that they're growing up today. Mm-hmm. And you're arming them to face some dangers that they're going to face and to do it competently yes. and to know um, how to do it. And there's a story I tell all the time, and it's the story of a woman. She posted this on Facebook, a mom. She had read her nine-year-old son, good pictures, bad pictures. And then uh, he went to school like three days later, and lo and behold, one of his classmates came up to him and showed him pornography mm. on a phone. Wow, wow. Well, the little boy went home to his mom, told her about it, and said, I was scared, but mm. I knew what to do. Oh, love that. And none of us do very well when we're not prepared, right? Yes. When we're caught off guard. Completely. And our kids have even less ability because oh. their brains aren't completely formed. Right. So... They need more than uh, more than anyone. Yes. Our little children need to be warned. Just like you know, when they start being toddlers and they can run out into the street, you warn them, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't run out in the street without holding mommy's hand or daddy's hand. Um, same thing with the internet superhighway. You know, yes. a lot of parents ask me, "What's the right age to begin yes. this conversation?" That's what I mm-hmm. Yeah. And the right age is as soon as they have any access to the Internet at all, wow. anywhere, anytime. Yes. yes. Wow. Because That's they're good. at risk. I, I, have a, um, I heard a story uh, from someone I was working with, and he said that a friend of his, a mom, was sitting down on the couch next to her three-year-old daughter, and she was on her phone. The daughter was on the iPad. Suddenly, she screamed out. She, uh, the mother looked over. The daughter was looking at porn. Oh, really bad, like Whoa. with a tiger kind of porn. Really bad porn. Oh my! And this goodness. poor little girl was traumatized. Yeah. And the mother was sitting right next to her, like, yeah. what? So these things can happen in a in an instant. Yes. And, and so, how many kids are looking at those things when the parents not in the room next to them? There. Mm. That's right. Uh, and so it can happen very quickly. You think that, you know, there's some kind of magic protection that your kid isn't going to be able to. I mean, my daughter is a special ed teacher, and she said her kids that weren't even verbal could navigate and get into things on mm-hmm. the iPad. She had to block, you know, really quickly she learned that <laughs> she had to put controls on those iPads at school because these kids even nonverbal, they could get into stuff. And um, so we need to, like, give them an internal filter, right? We need to prepare them to know. um, So, Monica, the three things that the books really help parents do is to give kids a definition, a simple age-appropriate definition of pornography or bad picture. So important. Um, Yeah, because that's the first step. If they can recognize it, and they have the vocabulary to talk to you about it, then even before they know about sex, I think it's important for them to know that there are these bad pictures and what to do. So the recognition with a definition, so a definition is first thing, then a warning. You Mm -hmm. need to tell them that this is dangerous material, that this is toxic and um, can, can harm them. And um, in the older book, we talk about, you know, addiction, the thinking brain, the feeling brain, how they work together and all that. Um, And then the final thing is to give them a plan. Which I love. I love this. Yes. The candy plan in the older book, 
and the um, turn, run, and tell plan in the mm-hmm. younger book. Yes. Kids need to know exactly what we expect them to do. They don't know, and so we need to teach them. So a definition, yes. a warning, and a plan. And those are basic, minimal things that every child deserves yes. to have in place so that they yes. know what to do when they're faced with um, an exposure to pornography yes. that you cannot predict. Like, you don't know when it's going to happen. Definitely. Right. Whether it's at halftime of the Super Bowl <laughs> or or down at our beach here in Hawaii where they see girls pretty much, you know, it, it this applies to any visual uh, stimulation. I believe I've told my boys, listen, when we go through this can do plan, this is going to apply to things, not just, not just what you would classify necessarily as pornography, but anytime you come across something, because it is going to jump out at you from billboards in surprising places that you're not expecting it. So you can use the same plan no matter what. Yes, for sure. That can do plan really helps kids not only know what to do in the moment, but also know what to do with the shocking memories yes. that you know continue to pop up in their mind, how to minimize them. They need to have cognitive skills in mm-hmm. this digital world to minimize some of these images that they're going to see and at no fault of their own. Right. And so it's, it's so crucial that they know what to do and how to deal with it, and that's a big part of what we're trying to do with the good pictures, bad pictures books. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to say that I just think you nailed it so perfectly. The way you explain what happens in the brain when you see pornography, the chemicals, the way that that works, just the, I say it is so simple that a child can understand it. And yet I learned, I mean, it was really a great explanation for why this is so dangerous and how it works with addiction. I mean, I'd, I'm, I'm just curious kind of how you were able to make it so simple and so understandable. I have three, a lot of three help. Years. Three years. Three years. Of work. <laughs> like, um, like hundreds of iterations uh-huh. and um, focus groups. I went and now I I farmed it out to several, you know, dozens of parents, and then I would go sit with them for like an hour, mm-hmm. debriefing them, you know, on yes. the vocabulary and yes. was this too long and did this, was this understandable and I would I would make revisions and one time I threw out a whole chapter and then you know. The yep. next thing I did again, and then we made more revisions, and it was just, you know, I consulted with uh, lots of smart people, right? A lot smarter than me, and so that's 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 well, the also, secret of my success, right? Yes, help it always is. <laughs> it always is. But I will say this is a good time to do a little shout out to your illustrator because the pictures in Good Pictures, Bad Pictures are so excellently done. So I think that's a big part of your book as well. Well, she would love to hear that. You know, when I ta- when I tapped her on the shoulder and said, "Hey, I need an illustrator for this book that I'm doing," um, she was like, "Okay." Um, you know, basically, she says, "I'm not a professional illustrator," and now I'm thinking, "Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> now you yeah, are. You are." <laughs> no, yeah. she puts a lot of soul. You know, in the book, I tell a story about. Um, how I came to have her do it. She um, was a friend of mine, is a friend of mine, and and when my son passed away, she took the picture of when I had this picture on the program mm-hmm. for his memorial service, and it was when he was one years old, and she took the, this cutest picture of him, just adorable, mm-hmm. and she painted it in a watercolor yeah, and then um, gave it to me, and that was kind of like, Okay, she's the one. You know, yes. there's just this mm, connection. So special. And her pictures are so authentic and so. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, it's the, both books are beautifully done and um just really amazed at how well it all came together. Um I want to talk a little bit one thing that I preach to my audience, my readers and podcast listeners a lot on is is computer filters and how important it is and you know, it, I waited a long time, to be honest, to get a filter on my computers because I thought they would be clunky, they would get in the way, they would be difficult to set up. And and we had a, a pretty close call in my own family that m- woke me up to how important it was. And then, of course, the filters did not take long at all to set up. And no, they have not 
gotten in the way of anything. Um, Good. Let's talk a little about filters and are filters enough? And if not, why not? <laughs> okay. So I think really it is important to filter or um, put some kind of accountability software, like where yes. you you can track where they're going, what yes. they're doing. Um, there's something called Bark. Uh, there's something called Covenant Eyes. Yes. And these are all great tools. And then there's a ton of filters out there. Yes. Now, there are some drawbacks to filters, and I think the main one is that they may give a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to always pair them with the internal filter, both, yes. right? Right. Because um, you don't know when your son walks out the door, mm-hmm. they may not have filters exactly. at his friend's house or yes. you know anywhere, and now with the mobile devices. So I think that that's really important. And also, I think it shows your kids that, you're not going to just talk the talk. You're going to mm-hmm. walk the walk, right? Yes. Yes. And kids look for, um, you know, they're really big at finding hypocrisy. Oh, they <laughs> and, are, interestingly. <laughs> yeah. And so it's so important to back up what you're preaching to them, what you're talking to them about with saying, okay, we're not going to just talk about it. I'm actually going to put these filters on or uh-huh. this accountability software. This mm-hmm. is what it is. Because don't try to just put it on and hide it from them. I think that's a mistake. Talk Mm. to them. This is our families. This is protecting our whole family. Yes. And none of us want to see this. And don't just put it as like this big restriction on the kids. Right. Um, I agree. That's how I would do it. And then I would also say that when parents, I, I would not recommend parents give their kids a device. I would say give their kids access mm, to your device, good. right? The really family good. iPad, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get a smartphone uh, at age 16. They get your smartphone that you, they can use and you've got it. the stuff on it. Yep. It's a different psychology. It is. And it's it yours is. because then it's your rules and your guidelines and you have ownership, you're paying for it. Right. And then um, that's a different psychology because once you think it's yours, yeah. Kids are very, well, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. I can do whatever I want with it, and it's my right. rule. And we don't right. want them thinking that. <laughs> no, that's that's super good. In um, my book, Boy Mom, I have a resource in the technology chapter that is a technology contract. And it's essentially saying just that, you know, these, the, this is my device. This is the parent's device, but here's some of the guidelines. And if you follow these, you can continue to use it. But if you don't, then you will lose it. And I feel like that kind of sets kids up with that uh, just responsibility. They feel then that they have to handle the responsibility well, or they will lose it. So I think that's right, right. really helpful. And, and, you know, um, talking about parents and I think it's really important that they understand that there is a studies have shown that there's a naivete gap. Mm-hmm. So they did a study uh, in the UK where they um, asked parents how many believed that their kids had seen porn, mm-hmm. and 25% of the parents said, "Yeah, I think my kids have seen porn." Hmm. In reality, their own children said. Uh, 53% of their own children said they'd seen porn. Wow. wow. Now, when it was the sons, let's say considered gender, yes, 32% thought their sons had seen it. Okay. Right? Because the, the parents of the daughters thought, oh, not as many. When 68%, oh. in re- that's more than double. Oh. Yes. 68% had in reality seen, you know, pornography, and that might mm. even be higher. So the... Oh. There is this gap where parents think, oh, no, not my kid. My kid's good. Yes. And we have written about this on Protect Young Minds. Yes. That it's not about being good. No. It's just about being a normal human <sighs> right. child, right, yes. That has, yes. that's biological and has a biological response totally. to these images, which yes. they're created to, to, make, to have that response. Right. That's what yes. they're designed to do. Yes. So our children are actually quite normal. Yes. If they are intrigued, mm-hmm. if they are, if they even if they have a physical response to seeing it, they're normal. They're not bad. Right. And this catches all kinds of kids. Um, it's something that all children need to be warned about, and yes. so that they don't, you know, get into it. Because this, 
you know, we talk about addiction, we talk about the brain, but there are MRI studies out of, uh, I believe, Cambridge University that show that porn addiction actually causes brain fr- a brain shrinkage in mm. that prefrontal mm. cortex. It's an actual physical change in the brain because when you don't use your thinking brain, you lose it a bit, right? And yes. in an addiction, you're not using your thinking brain. Um, we can think of many celebrities that have done silly things, bad, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that really ruined the relationships. I'm thinking of Anthony Weiner. This is quite a while ago, but right. he I was remember. sending these pictures of himself. Yes. And um, why would he do that? Right. Why would he risk his marriage? Mm-hmm. Why would he risk his career? Yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't thinking. He wasn't no. thinking. He was yes. a, an addict, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And, um, or at least that seems that mm-hmm. the behavior he's displaying definitely, you know, is characteristic of a person that's addicted. They yes. don't think. And right. so really important that kids get this information and they know exactly how to reject it and why to reject it. Studies have shown this is an addiction just like, um, you know, a drug or alcohol addiction. Is that how the brain responds? I'd just love for listeners to understand how the addiction part works. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes. The cycle of addiction is the same in the brain, no matter if you're um, taking substances Mm -hmm. in through your veins or your Mm -hmm. mouth, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Smoking, whatever, vaping, um, or you're taking it in through your eyes right. because pornography serves and gambling, right? Gambling. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that's now considered an addiction. Um, and so we're, we're seeing and more and more scientists are accepting the fact that pornography is an actual addiction. Mm-hmm. And once you create that addiction uh, in your brain, then you're a little out of control. I mean, you mm-hmm. are. For sure. And you need outside help mm-hmm. to uh, overcome that. Right. Um, so, yes, it works the same. You know, and the cycle of addiction begins when you come across something pleasurable and then you have a negative experience. So you have a negative thought, you have, you're bored, lonely, angry, mm-hmm. stressed, mm-hmm. tired, whatever. Um and your brain wants to always pursue pleasure mm-hmm. and avoid pain. Yes. So in that moment of pain, you know, when you're lonely, uh-huh. your brain says, hey, there was this really pleasurable thing. Mm. Oh. Why don't we go look at that again? Mm. And you'll forget about all this pain that yeah. you're feeling right now. You won't feel lonely. You'll right. be distracted. So then you use it um, to solve a, you know, an emotional. To medicate, problem. right? It's right, to medicate, to fulfill an emotional need. Yes. And this happens with all addictions. It's just going to say to imagine these kids. I mean, every kid goes through seasons of loneliness or feeling insecure right. or rejected. And to think they don't have to go out and buy drugs on the street if they have access to the Internet. This is such an accessible pathway to pleasure that they don't realize it could be destroying their lives. It just, I mean, I could cry. This, this topic just pulls at my heartstrings because I have such a love for boys and I care so much about them growing up to be great young men. And to think that without even having a clue how many kids out there are being pulled into this and And it's just, yeah, no one's, I I talked with a teacher who, um, she was at a religious school Mm-hmm. And she taught high schoolers, and she was teaching, like, a whole thing on pornography and how it can be harmful. And the kids' reaction was interesting. They were angry. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, we have all been pulled into this, and mm-hmm. it's hurting us, Yeah. and nobody warned us. And so we, we have this, you know, it's uncomfortable, but, again, the books make it easier. There yeah, are other, pl- you know. You can do this. You can mm-hmm. step up because if you want your child to have a healthy sex life when mm-hmm. they find, you know, right. their, the love of their life, yes. um, if you want that for your child, 
then you need to prepare them to reject yes, pornography because you do. that will poison yes. uh, their relationship. And and it can even be worse than that. Um, oh, yes. We know that the child-on-child harmful sexual behavior or sexual mm-hmm. abuse, those numbers, that is a very disturbing upward trend. Oh, and mm. um, we know that kids that get into this um, – are then, you know, they're wired to imitate what they yes. see Ugh. adults do. So it's <sighs> only natural that some of them go on to start perpetrating yes. on younger, vulnerable children. And yes. I have been, you know, I've spoken at symposiums on this issue and gone to conferences. People are starting to be very concerned. In fact, there was a hospital study mm. where... Um, the sexual assault nurse examiners did Mm -hmm. and they found out that when they looked at who were the perpetrators, the largest group of perpetrators were boys, Mm. 11 to 15 years old. Oh my goodness. Which is why I'm so careful about where I let my kids go. Even if I look like the the mean mom. <laughs> yes. I'm just such a believer in being really, really You're careful. You're here for mean moms. Yes, I love it. I love oh. it. Well, it's important to be really open with kids and, yes. and help them understand what the problems are. But this issue of child-on-child um, oh. abuse is growing. And, oh. you know, as bad as you might feel that your child is exposed to porn or maybe even starts to seek it out, I mean, how how hard would it be if you found out that your child had been so influenced by pornography as to, you know, perpetrate sure. on other children, sure. which is how I got started, you know, with yes. the book writing. Right. So it's something that's real. It's a danger. And our kids deserve yes. to be warned, to be prepared. They it's do. a wonderful world out there. There's so many opportunities. Yes. Um, there's just the flip side that we need to help them avoid and we can do it. We We can. can. Well, that's, that's just all so huge. And, and I think that so many moms, maybe somebody listening just hasn't realized how prevalent, how available, um, how easy it is for a child. I mean, as young as, as young as they're on the internet, this can appear to them, but isn't there like seven year olds who've had pornography addictions? I read somewhere in your writing. Yes. Yep. We see it all the time, and we hear reports of and and the problem is is there just not enough therapists that treat children, right. and especially for this. I mean, there there are therapists out there that are sex therapists, right? Yes. But they're not set up to treat children. Trained for this, right? So wow. um, there is a huge gap between the need and the resources. So how much more do we need prevention? But if your child has, if you know your child has gotten into porn or you're worried about that, go on our website and download the smart plan for parents, because that will tell you, give you a really good way to respond to your child. If you know that they've seen pornography or even sought it out, um, to not freak out, to stay calm, yeah. to, you know, make a plan, to know what yeah. questions to ask. Right. And all of that information is on that guide. Yeah, we'll link we also, to that yeah, yeah, in the show notes. Yeah. Good. So yeah. we have a lot of free guides. It's my labor of love. <laughs> and um, I, well, I want, you know, I'm married to a man and I want boys and men to be happy as they grow up and free yes. from the, you know, the lies that porn tells them and the toxic version totally. of sex yes. that it is presenting to them. They, yes. they deserve to. They do. Somebody. They do. I've, I've told my boys, you know, I, I mean, maybe I get a little extreme, so I don't know, but I'm like, I want you to fear pornography and stay so far. I want it right up there with, you know, heroin and joining a terrorist group. Like <laughs> I, I want you to be so afraid of it. And now my 20 year old who's in college is like, Mom, I want you to keep scaring me. Like, do not stop bringing it up. Don't stop asking me questions. 
I want to be afraid of it. And to hear him say that, I just love because I know that he is aware that this is out there and it is a potent, no one is above it. Nobody, you know, no matter how good you are morally or how much you love God, there's still a a weakness in everyone. And, and this is just one thing I don't want to take down anyone. (laughs) Yeah. And they play upon it too. And so that's why we have to build this kind of automatic response Yes. for them to turn away. And yes, can you talk about that a little? I know we talked about filters, but just for anyone listening that doesn't know what you mean when you talk about an internal filter, let's let's wrap yeah. up with you talking about that sure. internal filter and then hopefully everyone can just read the book and get everything right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it, it. the book makes it a lot easier, but um, no matter if you have the book or not, again, give them a definition give them a warning, give them a plan. And the plan in the book for the older kids um, is the can-do plan. So it's, you know, close your eyes. As soon as you see something, close your eyes because, you know, the longer you're looking at it, the more mm-hmm. it's burned into your brain, the more, yeah. the more the memory is there. And then always tell a trusted adult. That, yes. you know, removes the secrecy yeah. and it really does help Bring your thinking brain online. Mm-hmm. Also, the next step, N, name it when you see it. When you name something, when you label oh, something, yes. you are um, using your thinking brain. Now, when a boy sees pornography, their feeling brain is activated. Like, yes. what? You know, yeah. uh-huh. and um, they're not thinking. Right. <laughs> if they can learn to label it, oh, that's pornography, then all of a sudden their thinking brain comes online yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, now I need to get away from this. Yes. I need to go tell my mom or my dad uh, or my trusted adult, right? Right. And then what happens when those shocking, alluring, enticing, maybe even um, disturbing pictures come back to their mm-hmm. mind? Yeah. What do they do uh, mm-hmm. with that? Um, mm-hmm. That's really hard. Yeah. So we came up with the do part of the can-do plan. D means distract my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Turn to something that they enjoy doing. So your boys love to surf. Yeah. And some image comes to their mind. Help them to think about surfing. Yes, like Um, replace it. Love that. Replace it with something that has an emotional import, right? Mm, It is emotional for them, emotional connection. So I actually love to go snorkeling in Hawaii. Oh, I haven't actually been there very often, but a couple of times, and yes. I've always gone snorkeling. And that is, Monica, honest to goodness, that's what I do when I'm trying <laughs> okay. to, like, um, and what we're doing is we are creating a neural pathway away from yeah. that bad picture. And, and so go. pretty soon. Go to your soon, happy place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty soon. But it takes practice. It's yes, it does. First time. But, right. like, once you do this, like, ten times, mm-hmm. it starts to... Habit. Um, yeah, it starts to work because that old connection that goes to the porn picture is starting to weak, get weaker. Mm-hmm. The weeds it. are growing over mm-hmm. it. Yes. And it's still there, but your brain doesn't... You know, your brain likes to use well-trodden pathways it and does. superhighways. Yes. So if you yes. don't let that become a superhighway... Mm. It, and you put a superhighway to something else, then um, that's a cognitive skill. And then the other thing, O, is order your thinking brain to be the boss. Mm-hmm. And that's all about, um, and you learn more about the book, but, but basically helping children have this conversation between their thinking brain and their feeling brain. Yes. And keeping their thinking brain in charge. Love that. And, uh, so all of this can-do plan is derived from recovery practices, Uh from a lot of research. And it's a great way for children, if they practice it, if they'll do it, and most of them will, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, it's a powerful tool. And I I have therapists that say they use the book. Sure. And they use the candy plan. Yes, yes. I didn't write it for that audience, but uh, hey, they're they're like truthful principles. And they They work for whatever age. Yes. And I love that they're empowering. They're telling the kids that I believe that you can do this, that this is something you can own and practice. And I think it just gives kids, it just empowers them to take ownership over their own brains. So, and 
protect their minds and their hearts yes. and their souls. Yes. And we can help them. We can be there, you know, with them, um, mentoring them, opening that conversation. Um, I had one mom tell me of, you know, this was girls. We yeah. often think girls are not affected, but they are. And sure. her girls were at a friend's house. When she went to pick them up, she saw them looking at the friend's phone. And when they got in the car, they said, she asked them, what were you looking at on her phone? Mm-hmm. And they they looked at each other, and then they, the one girl said, oh, it was a My Little Pony video. It was, and so she lied, and it wasn't until she oh. read the kids' good pictures, bad pictures, that they fessed up, and they said, mm-hmm. um, it really was pornography, that, that it wasn't My Little Pony, but they didn't have the vocabulary right. to even know how to talk about it. So oh, it's totally. not their fault. They just yes. we need to give them those tools and do. do it sooner rather than later. Um, that is so good. Tell me if you if I'm doing something wrong here as a parent <laughs> in front of everybody. I'm going to let you tell me. I tell my boys that if they come to me and tell me that they've seen something, they will never get in trouble. I will absolutely you know, walk with them through it. If something has popped up or even if they've accidentally stumbled, followed something or whatever. But I say, if I find out by, I don't know, checking history, or sometimes I like my boys to think I can see more things than I actually can because we do have filters, but (laughs) whatever it might be, I like them to think I have eyes on the back of my head. And I say, if I find out there's going to be big trouble, like you come to me immediately because if I find out later that you've seen something and you haven't told me, there will be trouble. Is that okay, <laughs> Kristen? <laughs> I think that's fine. Uh, but, you. you know, I'm, I was a mean mom, too. So, you know, what <laughs> can I say? <laughs> but I think that they, you know, kids need to have boundaries. They yes. need to know there's a hard place there that they yes. can back up to, but yes. they'll go no further. And, in fact, they've done a lot of prevention science. And mm-hmm. the four principles of raising kids that are less uh, at risk mm-hmm. for abusing uh, all kinds of, you know, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of things. I think this pertains also to pornography, and that is, one, have a really strong uh, emotional loving bond with your child. Yeah. Two, um, set boundaries, have guidelines. Yes. And I would say, you know, work to get buy-in, but, you know, have those guidelines and then monitor behavior, yep. mm-hmm. and then give feedback. So if they've mm-hmm. been good at yep. following the rules yeah. and they've done well, give them praise, rewards, yes. whatever. If they mess up, you know, they need to have consequences and Amen. a second chance with consequences. Sure. So yes. when you do those four things, kids are, it's proven, they've done science to show that those kids are less at risk. You know, it's so important that we arm our kids with this knowledge, with these skills, with a plan, mm-hmm. um, because it keeps them safer, not only yes. from addiction, but like we talked about from, you know, sexual exploitation of all kinds. Yes. So it's, yes. it's just a gift it is. that we overcome our own fears, our own discomfort. We talk to them. We begin these discussions at as young an age as possible, and then we walk with them, holding their hands throughout, you know, their childhood and and their adolescence and adult. I mean, you know, you never stop being a mom, but, you know, you walk with them and you mentor them and you let them know that you will always love them, even if they slip up, you know? They've got to know that there's someone that loves them, Mm. even though they're not perfect, because guess what? We all are not perfect. Yes. yes. And we all mess up in different ways, you know. So There's a bumper sticker that says, don't judge me just because I sin differently than you. Exactly. You know, so it's like, right. let's, let's be loving to our children. This mm-hmm. is a huge um, temptation. This is a huge, this is hard. It's it is so, hard. Yeah, it's hard. And we need to, like, understand how hard it is for them, talk to them about it, right. and be there to help them. So, right. And in the world we live in today, harder and harder, and we just have to be on our game on this one. We cannot let our guard down. So, oh. I would agree on that. And oh. and um, but it's a beautiful gift that you give your kids. Just mm-hmm. think of it as a gift. 
a gift. I love that. Well, I could talk to you all day and I think our listeners could listen to you all day. So just cannot thank you enough. I, I know that your website has so many great articles. I share them often. I I get so encouraged and inspired when I read um, articles from your website. And then we've got good pictures, bad pictures, which let's just briefly say the age range for each of the books recommended. Okay. So the junior one is from three to six, although I've had people read it to two-year-olds or eight-year-olds, you know, yes, totally. and everything. And then the other one is like six to 11 or 12. Okay, but, but again, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say six to adult. Like I think that yeah. the other one, it may, it may be directed towards kids, but I, I, like I said, I learned a lot from it too. Right. You may not, you may not sit, sit your 17 year old on your knee and read them the book, but you know, I've had parents go through and highlight uh-huh. the principles and then just have it be a guide for a conversation. Totally. So. Yes. And then it's out there. And then as awkward as you may be, mom, you keep bringing it up because your kids are worth it. Absolutely. And yeah. no child deserves to face the porn industry no. alone. No. Yeah. Oh, amen. Well, that is a good word to wrap up on. I think we're going to be offering some giveaways here. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So we're going to send everyone over to our show notes where we're going to link to the books. We're going to link to the website. We're going to link to all the different um, free resources that Kristen has to offer. And you guys take advantage of these. They are so good. And then um, leave a comment over there after you've checked everything out. And I think that we're going to be giving away three book bundles of both the junior edition and the original good pictures, bad pictures. So Kristen, thank you for offering all of that. You're welcome. Really, really glad to have this opportunity. All right. It's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. Okay, friends. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned a lot. Hope that you are inspired to um, really make this a conversation that happens in your home with your kids. Equip them, prepare them, save them. You could literally be saving your kids' lives and futures and marriages, like Kristen said. So thanks for listening. Do check out those show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 44. And um, enter to win by leaving us a comment over there. I'll have a question in the show notes, but you can really leave us anything. We'll make sure to put your name in a drawing. And by next Next week's episode, we will have uh, reached out to three winners of the book bundles. So thanks for that. Hey, guys, I really appreciate all the ratings and reviews over at Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen. I read everyone and I appreciate them so much. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.